from a highly secure network of top secret locations across South Texas and beyond, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast, brought to you again by Taco Palenque, where the best happy hour in San Antonio just got happier. Stop by any of the Taco Palenque locations Sunday through Thursday for ice-cold 550 margaritas, $3 domestics, $3 off ponchos, and $1 off ponchitos. Taco Palenque keeps San Antonio cool and well-fed and is the best pre- or post-game meal for watching the Spurs. I have a feeling that lots of people back in San Antonio were watching the Spurs last night. I am your host, Mike Finger, joined by the usual panel of Express News beat writers, Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborne and sports editor Nick Talbot. And Jeff, I will start with you and your secure location somewhere in Oklahoma. Um, how do you put into words what we saw in the debut of Victor Wembanyama last night? I thought Malachi Branham was amazing. See, was, I, that was my specifically. Takeaway. I specifically asked you about Victor Wembanyama, and you still tried to avoid the question. What's What's left to say about this human being? Is he even a human being? I don't know. Um, he. I want to say he lived up to the hype, but probably exceeded the hype. But I, I but somehow because the hype was like through the roof. But um, this was actually my first time watching him in person and just seeing him do things and move and make plays that people shouldn't be able to make. It was was pretty spectacular, and it was nice to see him show out that way. Um, go head to head with Chet Holmgren, which was a with that that's gonna be like a really fun matchup for a decade or more in this league Um, those two guys going at each other I don't think they particularly like each other already which makes it also fun so um, it was a really really fun night at the Paycom Center that first half I think I tweeted this like I've covered however many preseason games in in my time and they suck they suck to cover nobody's really trying the coaches are really more just working on stuff not everybody plays um, sometimes the intensity level isn't there because the veterans on the team know this, these games don't count. Um, but that was, that was the, the most dazzling first half of preseason basketball that I've ever witnessed. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, it was a, just a fun time at the old, old Paycom center here in OKC. I brought this up before on this podcast out in the real world. People are tired of hearing about it, but my first time watching Victor in person was about a year ago at an exhibition in, in Henderson, Nevada, where the building was full of basically every NBA scout, every a, every NBA GM in the league uh, watching him play against Scoot Henderson in, a, in an exhibition. And there's this moment that happens in a Victor Wimbanyama game. And Tom can probably talk about it during the scrimmage that happened last weekend in San Antonio. But like, there's not cheering, there's not roaring, there's just sort of laughter because you cannot, you cannot believe what you are seeing. It's just a, a, a slack-jawed wonder that you don't see in basketball arenas very often. And it, it really, we're sounding like we're gushing and going over the top. But if you get a chance to go see him in person, and you probably will over the next months, years, decades... Do it. Do it as often as you can because, like Jeff said, he, he doesn't only live up to the hype, he exceeds it. 
And this doesn't mean that your local cagers are going to be competing for a championship this year or even making the playoffs this year, but it is going to be a fun ride. Um, Tom, you Tom, uh, you can chime in with any observations from the scrimmage. I'm sure you watched the game on on your yeah. television. Yeah, but in the, in the scrimmage, that moment was the, uh, you know, he's, he's down on the block and he, he dribbles out a little bit, dribbles behind his back, and then he flings <laughs> a pass across the court uh, to the other corner to Devontae Graham, which was so unorthodox, you know. But to, to add to it, it's, it's like a submarine. It's like a... Uh, Patrick Mahomes sidearm pass. I use the description showing my age. Kent to Colby, the the submarine style pitcher with the Pittsburgh Pirates from the from the late seventies. It was incredible how he just did it sidearm, and it 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 goes you know it goes directly to Devontae. Perfect game, uh, perfect direction. Devontae sinks a uh, three pointer from the corner. That that was the moment uh, in the scrimmage, the wild moment. And then last night it was funny. Okay, from from the same motion, the same underhand motion was the just impossible play that he made, where he 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 takes two dribbles with his right hand from the three point line and gets all the way to the right block. Which mm-hmm. that's what you do when you're Victor Wembanyama. Two two dribbles gets you there. He spins around to his left past one defender, gets Chet Holmgren, who's seven foot one and looks like a, a, a high schooler next to him. <laughs> into the air and mm-hmm. with that mo- with that Kent Colby Patrick Mahomes motion that you're talking about with his left hand he underhand scoops a ball off the off the backboard softly into the net it's you've never seen that play in your life yeah. I have we're going to be seeing stuff like that every night what, what I think is this podcast from here on out it's just going to like every week it's just going to be us describing Victor Women Yanima plays to people who have already seen them and everyone just marveling at it my maybe our, my favorite maybe our, uh, maybe our our demographic could be the blind yeah uh, the, the people yeah. Who cannot who cannot see the videos that are all over the social media and we'll we'll just describe them to them instead of our demographic now which is the deaf correct correct yeah. like like there's also the defensive plays last night like there was the one where uh, Jalen Williams I mean completely toasts Wimby toasts him Wimby Yama it's it's one of those things where he's he's crossed up and in in a normal world. The whole arena is like, oh, he just got crossed up. Jalen Williams just smoked him. But Wimby recovers from nearly falling over, takes, I don't know, a step to back towards the, the basket and meets Williams at the rim and throws that thing into the Thunder bench. Like that, the, those kind of things just nobody knows how to play against this guy. But what you think you have something open, you think you have an open shot and you, and you don't. Um, the steal he made from the top of the key. Or he poked the ball out from from someone. I don't remember who it was, but it was like uh, our, our friend of the podcast, Don Harris, has a screenshot of that posted on his Twitter account right now. That play and the the length of Wimbanyama's stride in that moment where he's reaching back to poke the ball out is is I mean it just defies imagination. And there was the one we kind of talked about where Wimby ripped the ball from Isaiah Joe uh, on one end. Goes behind his back to get out of traffic and start a fast break, and then just throws that half court lob to Blake Wesley, who promptly blows the layup. Like or Blake Wesley. Yeah, every 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 other minute, it felt like you were just having these WTF moments to 
keep it in occurrence. Like you've never seen this before in your life. I did talk to Blake Wesley briefly about that after the game. And he said, he, I mean, we're going to hear a lot of this. Like I did, he basically was marveling with us. Cause he's like, I didn't think a seven, three guy was going to make that path. Yeah. So he wasn't ready for it. And he blew the light. The, uh, the interesting thing is Jeff, Jeff pointed out in his three takeaways after the game that this was largely done by instinct and, and the rest of the guys, yeah, to, to that point on Blake Wesley, everyone else is still trying to adjust to what, what Webby can do. And it, it was kind of a, a drinking game situation last night listening to Sean Elliott back here at home. Sean doing the broadcast with Bill Land, saying time after time, uh, as Sean can do, you know, get exasperated. Just throw it up to him. Just, <laughs> you know, just get it, get it higher, higher. You can't just lob it into him. Throw it as high as you can. He'll get it. You know, so that that was just kind of underscore that they're still trying to get used to him. And that's the scary part, as Jeff pointed out in his takeaways, that you know, for the rest of the league, when when these guys all gel and mesh and form chemistry and 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 are comfortable with what Wimby can do, you know, it's it's going to be really fun to watch. It, yeah, that was it's, another it's, that was another point. Like he Wimby kind of doesn't know what he's doing yet, and like almost by design. Like they haven't given him a lot. They're not really overcoaching them. They're he's just playing basketball. He's just going out and playing, and they'll rein some of some of that in or polish what they need to there's stuff they need him to stop doing but right now you know he's he, he doesn't really know much about the nba game and he's what he's doing now is just on pure instinct and it's only going to go up from here once he learns you know like what he's doing that's that's, that's mind-boggling to think about well you you mentioned they're not overcoaching him yet talking to pop yesterday they're really not coaching him at all and um there's kind of a method to this madness. Uh, I guess you can go back to the symbolism of yesterday and that, you know, seven years ago, Tim Duncan walked out the tunnel there at Paycom Center. And seven years later, Victor Wembanyama comes back into the same uh, tunnel for his first NBA preseason game. And Greg Popovich kind of made these. I, I tried to get a little bit too dramatic with him before the game, asking him if it felt like a full circle moment. Uh, Victor's career starting where Tim ended. But he likened his strategy with Victor the rookie to his strategy with Tim Duncan the rookie, what, 26 years ago, in that for the first few weeks, for the first few months, he's not really erecting anything. He's not coaching him. He's not trying to change anything. He's just letting him play the same way he did Tim Duncan, because he wants to watch where he's comfortable, um, what kind, where he likes the ball, what he does defensively, what what he does when he doesn't have the ball, what the, you know, which moves he makes, and then when you get into this, and Jeff and Tom both talked about, you know, when the team gels. Well, when, also when the, the Spurs develop a strategy for him, when they tell him probably stop dribbling so much like he dribbled a lot yesterday i'm not sure he's going to dribble as much throughout his nba career as he as he does during the preseason um you know he's leaking out for some fast breaks instead of crashing the boards pop really isn't getting on him about any of that stuff just like he didn't get on tim right away 
I think that's going to come as they learn, not just the, his teammates, but as the coaching staff learns, hey, how do we use this guy that no one has ever seen the likes of in this league again? And um, I, th- I think, um, you know, Victor Wembanyama is not Tim Duncan. He's he's sort of the anti-Tim Duncan in a lot of ways in terms of just the way he freestyles and shows his emotions. And Tim Duncan was the big fundamental, and and Victor, Victor Wembanyama is just kind of like like he said last night on freestyling. Um, but there's going to be, I think, a similar path in 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 how he sort of meshes himself into the Spurs system, and that's going to be fun to watch too. Yeah, no, no question. Um, uh, you know, he, he during the scrimmage, I I, no, I noticed that Pop was sitting out of the ordinary form, but he was really, you know, sitting there by himself and just intently, intently watching the game. And you could, you could just see the, you know, the gears moving. You know, just watching Wemby intently, uh, as you said, Mike, trying to trying to figure out what to do with him. Um, as as this, as the days progress, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. The development in just the you know this this period where they're trying to feel him out and and see what they come up with. You, do you think Pop has those holy crap moments too? Like he he probably won't let himself show it on the yeah, bench. Absolutely. But when he goes home and watches the film, do you think he's just like holy crap? That scoop or like how did he do that? Like he's just like us, right? And I, I think there were moments last night when he sort of betrayed that. Oh yeah, emotion. Yeah, like he's. Uh, I don't know what the conversation was exactly when when Victor came out. Um, I think it was in the second quarter. Um, and Pop, first of all, Pop is looking like he's going to hurt his neck standing that close to Victor <laughs> and looking up and talking to him. His his neck, it's like a ninety degree angle backwards. And uh, like I'm pulling away from my my trusty new microphone here, trying to to imitate this, but he's he's looking directly to the sky, talking up at this guy. And as Victor walks away, you see this, and I'm across the arena, but I could have sworn I saw Pop just sort of shake his head and grin, like, but whatever Victor had explained in that moment or whatever he had said just tickled him. And I think he was tickled all night. Um, and there will be moments when he's not tickled. Again, I think that he sees some things that he probably wants to tinker with a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think he's he. Jeff, you can speak to this. Th- those were two very good pop availabilities yesterday on a game day. Uh, yes, sir. He was in a really good mood, and why wouldn't he be? And by the way, um, we're nearing the halfway point of this podcast, and I would be remiss if I did not mention that. And I'm stalling here as I try to process what I'm going to mention. Uh, anyway, uh, Jeff, talk for a minute. Um, testing, uh, testing. I, I, have some, I have some processing time here. Well, you know, one guy I would like to talk to is uh, referee Mark Davis. Because I just happened to think, hey, it would be cool to take a picture of this opening tip-off. I feel like it's a big moment in Spurs history. Victor Wimanyama for his first tip-off. He's seven three. He's going up against seven one, uh, Chet Holmgren. I didn't realize in taking the picture that uh, they would be jumping out of my frame. So, so um, you know, I've got this picture, and you can tell they're doing an opening tip off. I think I put it on Twitter, uh, but their arms are off the frame because you just don't expect them to go that high. 
I'm wondering what it must be like for the official to have to throw the jump ball to these two. Like, do you have to work out before the game? Do you have to like practice? Do you need to like bulk up? You need to like eat your Wheaties to throw that jump ball. And I, it occurred to me, I, I know that Mark Davis is staying in this hotel because we checked into together. Um, I would have been nice to bump into him because that would have been a funny thing to talk about. That would have been a funny thing to talk about. And you know who I bet you know who I bet has a lot of funny observations about this new era of Spurs basketball. A guy that I think a lot of our listeners, uh, viewers know quite well, and that is New York Times best-selling author Shea Serrano. He and Emmy winner Jason Concepcion are back together again. This time, aiming their high-powered microscope at the NBA. In their new weekly podcast, Six Trophies, Jason and Shea cover the biggest storylines in the league by handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Things like the Ryan Gosling and Drive trophy, which is given out to a player or team that did something incredibly cool that week. Or the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy, which is given out to a player or a team that tried something, but it didn't work out that great for them. Or the Walter White Tread Lightly Trophy, which is given out to a player team approaching dicey territory. Kick back as Jason and Shay recap the top happenings from around the NBA through their lens of movies, music, and more. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Six Trophies ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. Uh, how did you guys think that went? I, I think that sounds like a good time. Yeah. Very nicely. I'll, I'll be tuning in. Okay. We appreciate the support from Shay, longtime Spurs fan, longtime Express News enthusiast reader. Really appreciate having him. Just a, just a piece of him in this podcast. Great dude. Um, I do like how you performed the, the uh, Walter White voice. That was that was nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you'll do better next time. As will your local cagers. They, we have not mentioned that they did not prevail victorious in last night's game. But who cares? That's going to be the whole year. Like Wimby was awesome. They they but they forgot to win the game. Uh, they're they're going to win a few. I know a few. Uh, by the way, they should by nineteen. Like it's hard to judge preseason games because Wimby played six minutes of the second half when he was on the floor in the first half, like with a normal rotation. The Spurs scored 81 points in the first half, which is more than they scored in any first half last season. So, I mean, like, there's some on-off numbers to look at there. Like, they didn't win the game. You know why they didn't win the game? Because they gave up four three-pointers to Davis Bertans to start the second half. That's why they didn't win the game. That got the Thunder right back into it. And it's funny, I was leaving the, leaving the Spurs locker room last night and ran right into Dallas. And I was like, man, I guess they forgot you could shoot over there. He said, yeah, Pop pop, pop forgot about me. The, we probably should talk about uh, non-Wemby Spurs and yeah. developments from the past week yeah. or so. When, when Wemby related, um, it is noteworthy that every one of his 19 minutes that he played in his first preseason game were played alongside a teammate who could be categorized as a center. And I think that's going to be, uh, and listening, if you were reading between the lines with what Pop said last night after the game, um, he said that it makes sense that a player like Wemby with his frame, uh, his age, 
his point in his NBA career, um, could be a more effective defender against wing players than huge post players. And you take that comment uh, in combination with just what we've seen on the floor, and I think it's fair to assume that he's not going to be what you would consider a five anytime soon. Right. None of, none of the stud defensive plays he made last night, the steals and the block, um, he wouldn't have, would, would not have been in position to make those, I don't think, if he was guarding like a Steven Adams or someone like that, like a big bruising guy where he's going to have to play that guy in the block. I also think right now big bruising guys would, I don't want to say have their way with Wendy, but they, they'd be able to bully him a little bit at his frame. I think having him roam in space is the way to go because he can just make plays all over the floor that way. Yeah, and he, and he can sort of guard the rim without standing under the rim. Yes. So it's it's almost a waste to put him down there like in the middle of That's a, what I was getting at. His yeah. own defense. Like yeah. like he and and you watch those there were layups that the Thunder missed last night and they scored a bunch of points so they didn't miss a bunch of layups, but um there were layups where even if Victor didn't block it. Even if he didn't technically alter it, it was almost like the guys were just aware of his presence mm-hmm. and rushed it or or changed the way they were going to attempt it because they were afraid that this arm was going to come out of nowhere and block it. And I think yeah. it's I think that's a a wise deployment of him to like last night he was guarding Lou Dort. He wasn't really just guarding Lou Dort, but that's the guy that he was assigned to, and then he'd roam around and like I said, alter other people's shots. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And so when you look forward lineup wise, we have not got a preview of the opening night lineup yet because um, in both the scrimmage and the first preseason game, Keldon Johnson and Jeremy Sohan sat out with general preseason soreness. But I think it's safe to say that uh, – Zach Collins will be in that starting lineup alongside Victor Wembanyama, and then um, you will have either Sohan or Kelton or Devin or even Trey Jones starting off the bench. Uh, yeah, the 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 big man core looks really solid. I mean, Collins Collins played well. Um, you know, he's really worked on his outside shot, um, which he kind of strong with last year, and then Charles Bassey. Um, you know, really good. Good story there coming off the uh, patella injury. Um, he was very active, I thought. You know, 12 rebounds, six points, four assists. Um, he, he looked really good, I thought. The um, I mentioned to Jeff last night at the Paycom Center. Um, I was, I'd, I'd seen Chetty Osman before. I remember him with the Cavs. You know, he played in uh, big games alongside LeBron James. But I had forgotten or hadn't realized that he's a much bigger dude than I had thought. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I sort of thought of him as like another sharpshooting McDermott type. But him stand, he's, he's, he can play a four, I think. Uh, and I think he's going to play some for them. Um, so that's that's an interesting addition. Malachi Branham. Uh, I thought Malachi Branham looked really good. And that, that role he played last year and will play in this year, if just that kind of instant offense off the bench. He's a guy that can come in and get you six, eight points really fast. Yeah. So I, I think he's got a really solid, solid role, and he showed that off last night. So we know who the top six are. We mentioned them over and over again. I think you throw in, like Tom said, if Charles Bassey can be, become a, a backup big, if you get some Osmond time, uh, I think Malachi is 
I think you you might even put him as the seventh guy on the team right now in terms of minutes and expectations for him. Who I'm missing? There'll there'll be some Dougie McBuckets minutes off the bench, and then uh, Julian Champagne started last night, and just That's all true. he does all he does is make shots. So we we sometimes forget about him, but um, he could be getting some time. But I think those are those names we mentioned are probably in your regular rotation to start, and then the. Uh, the Blake Wesleys and Mamus and those types of the world are, are are going to have some work to do to to work into it. But pretty good core, I think, to start out with. Yeah, and then the Austin Spurs aren't going to be bad either. Uh, C.D. Sissoko, uh, Serge Jabari Parker, uh, that pump fake was uh, was evident last night. Um, you know, they've got some some good kids to develop in Austin as well. One of our uh, French journalist friends asked Pop last night about C.D. Sissoko, and uh, Pop really raved about him, about mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. both his personality and his skill set and his his thick build, as, as Pop said. Um, and so the, the French journalist Maxime asked, so, so does this mean that he's going to be staying with the big team all, all year? And Pop said, oh, no, 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 no. Of course not. <laughs> he, he needs to play. And uh, I was telling the French guys afterwards that this – this is not. This should not be considered an insult in any way. I mean, this is what the Spurs mm. do with every draft pick, other than you know Jeremy Sohan last year and Victor this year. Those guys, Dejounte Murray played a lot of G League games. Uh, Derek White did. Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson on down the line, and uh, I think they like like Pop said he likes a lot about what Sissoko can do, but he wants him to well, play. Your Austin Spurs fans are screaming right now because Devin Vassell never played for them. Oh, he didn't. You never did. Okay. Well, then this is uh, this is this is yeah. This is this is the Spurs Insider podcast, not the Austin Spurs Insider. There podcast. you go. I, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. But uh, the point is that yeah, uh, those guys are going to go. Serge Barry Rice is going to go down there. Um, he's obviously a two way player. He'll play a lot of of Austin Spurs games. But I think of the sixteen guys under contract, you know, one of them is going to get cut. But but. Uh, the Spurs are going to play with the varsity, as Pop calls it. Probably all those guys at some point this year. Uh, in addition to the two-way guys, and it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Uh, there's going to be some um, preseason action at the new, newly named Frost Bank Center. Uh, all these games are going to be on TV over the next week and a half, which has never happened before in the Spurs preseason. Um, anything. After the scrimmage and that first game, Tom, that you are looking forward to seeing in particular at these, what should be rocking preseason games at the Frost Bank Center starting this Friday. Oh, yeah, with the Miami Heat, you know, that'll be a fun matchup. Um, you know, uh, Jeff Jeff pointed out in his takeaways, you know, they still have work, a lot of work to do defensively. And uh, Wimby, Wimby said there were moments last night where they – we're very cohesive, playing as one, but that's still going to be a big area of focus in in practice as as well as the preseason games, just that ongoing effort to shore up the defense. Yes, they are immensely better with um, with uh, Wemby uh, protecting the paint, but yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done in that area. Um, would be would be interesting to see some Keldon or or Jeremy. Um, yeah, I, I think we, I think we probably will. Yeah, at some point. 
Yeah, and uh, Jeremy working with uh, Wimby is going to be, you know, they both they both can play make. That's going to be fun to watch. And Keldon, Keldon's, uh, you know, determined to be better defensively this year. He's determined to be more consistent with his three-point shooting after what was his worst uh, uh, three-point shooting effort since his rookie season. So um, he's got a lot to prove, and he sounds like he's really determined to prove it. I think that pretty much sums it up. I, we still have a lot to prove here. This wasn't going to be our best. This this definitely won't be our best podcast of the season. At least I hope not. Uh, all you can do is is right right now, Nick Talbot, sports editor, just letting us play. I think is that is that right? <laughs> is, is that right, Nick? Like, like you have you haven't spoken up at all. You're just kind of watching. Observing. I'm just letting y'all freestyle it. If, yeah, if I don't have to. I have to. I can just sit back and watch and enjoy and watch y'all freestyle and do a great job and score a ton of points in the first half. Don't have to coach defense right now. It's the preseason. But eventually we'll get. You know, eventually there'll be some critiques. Eventually there's going to be some pointers. I think, and uh, we we have time. We have time to gel. Uh, it's going to be a fun year. We will be back every year. Thanks to Taco Palenque and to Shea Serrano for helping us out with some support this week. Looking forward to more of that. And uh, until we see you next week, take care of each other and keep it real.